world and Gator Nation. It's your boy, P.Y. Patrick Young, the host of The Young and the Rowdies, where we give you everything Florida Gator basketball and more. It has been an honor, a pleasure to be doing this podcast, especially in the comfort of my own home. Back in Jacksonville, Florida, Duval, you know how we do. Uh, thank you guys so much for the reviews, the follows, the sub- subscribers, and the shares. want to remind you to please subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network on YouTube. It helps us so much as we're trying to expand this uh, horizon of, of college basketball to the world. Uh, thank you guys so much for the love. Thank you for the support. Continue to uh, just take care of yourselves in this crazy time. I'm thankful to be, to be able to bring you some distraction from the craziness and to connect with some real people that have done some great things in the world through the University of Florida. And without further ado, our next guest is my brother. Uh, he was a senior when I was a freshman. I'm so excited for his story and what he has to share with you. It was an awesome show. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. Here's my good friend, Vernon Macklin. All right, without further ado, it is my great pleasure and honor to welcome my brother, Vernon Macklin. Vern, you're a long way from Portsmouth, Virginia. What's going on, man? How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Same grind. Different time zone, man. I'm out here in South Korea now for the season. So it's cool. Just a long, long ways from home. <laughs> in South Korea, I know we, we spoke a little bit before. You said you had a 14-day quarantine when you got there? Yeah, that joint was brutal. Tough, definitely tough. But I lost weight and everything in that joint. Well, what was it like? What you uh, what you do during that time just to stay sane? Um, I started off like um, trying to trying to you know read. I had a few books I was reading. Um, the food for me was the toughest thing, and I also had to work out. So, but the way the room was set up, it was a government quarantine. So it was. It was just like a smaller room. I had to make my own space to work out because I couldn't just sit there. So working out was like a little bit tough mentally and um, and just trying to find something to do for 15 days. Like it felt longer than it was. What uh, what books did you try to read during that time? Uh, Think and Grow Rich and okay. uh, As a Man Thinketh. Yeah. Okay. I see my dog getting that, getting that wisdom in. Got uh, to, man. I think when I was in when I was in uh, Israel, I had about I tested positive. Well, I, I never tested positive for COVID, but I had the symptoms, and I I had to uh, quarantine for what seemed like twenty one days, just staying in the house in the crib. I at least had a balcony, so I could like go outside and sit on the balcony. They brought me a, a spin bike. But other than that, man, I was in the house, man. Just I read. Um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it just talked about how uh, just being intentional with our routine and uh, that it's not about necessarily self-discipline, but creating habits around what you already do so you can just fall in line with those things. And that's kind of what I did. I started, was able to read a little bit more, meditate some, uh, instead of just, cause it's easy to just sit there and play video games all day. Like that's yeah. the, that's that's the easy default, and uh, I ain't gonna say I didn't have my days, of course. Cause, I mean, you you in the house for ain't doing nothing, so um, so let's take it back, Vern. So you were a top recruited guy coming out of high school. Well, let's let's start from the beginning. Like, what was your your upbringing like when it came to basketball? Like, how did you 
determine that that that's what you loved and what the path that you wanted to to pursue? Um, honestly, for me, it like I I never being honest, like I never thought that I was good at basketball. You know, what I mean, coming up, I I didn't like it. I just wanted to uh, you know, be with my friends in the neighborhood, but. Uh, ben Finney, you know, Dorian Finney, big brother, um, and his mom, they took a, a liking to me as a young age and used to always call my grandma house and, you know, ask me to come to, you know, tournaments and play. And I used to always, you know, try to lie and give them the runaround. And because uh, I didn't like it, you know, what I mean, I thought it was like, you know, I don't know. I just wanted to be out in the streets, honestly, but it was a bad move. And, uh, you know, as as close as me and Ben got and uh, his mother, she just started explaining to me, like, you know, just go, just try it and try it. And then when I first started trying it, I wasn't good at it. But, you know, uh, Ben was really good at it, but he never made me feel uncomfortable. When he helped me feel more comfortable about playing the game, I was like, all right, cool. So the more and more I spent at their house and um, and went to practice, it started, it started carrying over and I started getting really good at it in AAU teams in a different area, Boo Williams noticed both of us and had us go over and travel with them. So that's when it really started making sense to me. At first, it really didn't make sense. I just thought I was doing it for, you know, like PRHA, you know, and in a neighborhood. But we ended up being looked at by big AAU teams and then we went from there. So I started taking it serious. When did you hit that like uh, growth spurt? Cause you have a what, six foot nine, six foot 10 with a seven, four wingspan. Now, when did you uh, hit a spurt where like you really stood out high school that high school level it was middle school like I was middle in school the, uh, yeah so I, I started playing uh summer of going to the seventh grade and uh by the eighth grade I was already like they put me in the newspaper by the first time I started playing so um I was like six 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 seven at the time I was tall and lanky but you know I was really really skinny so that was that was my growth spurt time like by middle school then in high school I had another one but so I was tall in the eighth grade, like taller than all my teachers, everybody oh. in school. Like, How tall did you say you were in middle school? Six, six bro. I was six, six in middle school. <laughs> I was taller than everybody. <laughs> bro, I, I think I was uh, in eighth grade. I think I was barely six, two. I think I hit like five to six inches from eighth to ninth grade or something like that. But I was so lanky and uncoordinated. I mean, baseball was my first sport. That's all I really, really knew. Uh, growing up, and I, that's what I really love. But uh, hey, bro, that's so. When did you really hit that uh, click, that switch where you just became that you know top player that everyone saw? Uh, you know, being a, a number twelve, uh, at, coming out of your class, being a McDonald's All American, Parade American. When was that point where you finally got that confidence of like, this is my? I love this game. I'm really good at it. Uh, I see myself emulated in this person. And when was that moment for you because I feel uh, as though nobody just walked you don't just fall into that level mine was uh I would say I don't know why in eighth grade they had me and a guy named Derek character they had me rated number one him we was going back and forth but I didn't understand why maybe because I was running but I, I still didn't think I was good and then maybe I would say sophomore year or end of the summer of freshman year going to my sophomore year I went to Nike camp and when I got there, it was guys who I was hearing about who I started seeing, like the Marcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay, those guys. 
and uh, they kind of knew who I was as a young guy, you know what I mean? And um, from that point, when I was at Nike camp amongst all those upperclassmen, and, you know, uh, Kevin Durant was coming up at the time and uh, Greg Oden, and when people was comparing me to these guys who I thought, like, was significantly way better than me at the time, like, they were still saying I was, like, you know, a good player as well. So around that time, I started believing, like, all right, cool, if everybody – Sandy, I didn't have an internet at the time. I didn't have no phones. I didn't know anything. So when I went around, people would know who I was. And I was like, you know, how you know me? Oh, you on the internet. But I didn't know. You know what I mean? I'm right. like, I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? So when that started happening, and then one day me and KD had a, a conversation, and, and we was playing NBA Live at the time, and, and, and Nike came in the room. And he was like, yeah, man, you know, they got you ranked higher than me. But he took it personal. You know, at the time, he should have. But I, did, I still didn't understand. So from that time, I knew who he was from just uh, like Jared Jack and our counselors at the time. Nike camp was all over thriving about KD. And when I seen him, I was like, oh, I see why. You know, this guy's amazing. But he was still looking at me like, oh, you can play. So from that point on, I started saying, all right, cool. You know, I feel like if these guys look at me like that, I need to start looking at myself like I can I can really do this. And that's when it started kind of changing for me. Around was, there, was there any like NBA player that you kind of – strove to look look to you know, mold your game towards or somebody like uh for me and not that I was but uh like him but Tim Duncan was always my favorite guy growing up and just just whenever we would play pickup I always just try to imagine being like being like Tim Duncan was there ever a guy like that that you were like you know uh I if one day I make it to the NBA I want to play like this guy that that's another thing was probably one of my biggest faults as well. At that time, I was I was not watching basketball. Like you know, I would literally when I was done playing basketball, I would put my bags down and go outside. So I started just taking what everybody else was saying. People would say, you know, uh, KG, but I didn't play anything like Kevin Garnett. You know what I mean? We looked alike, our resemblance, but. After a while, you know, my AAU coach, Boo Williams, started telling me, you know, you can be like Alonzo Mourning. And then, you know, around that time, I started really, hey, Alonzo from Chesapeake, Virginia, he went to Georgetown. You know, I kind of wanted to go to Georgetown. Everybody was kind of forcing me towards Georgetown. So around that time, I would say Zoe was like the guy who I started taking off of. But other everybody else was comparing me to guys who I didn't even really watch. You know what I mean? So I didn't know. So I would say Alonzo was probably like the guy who I was like, okay, cool. I can be like Zoe, you know what I mean? Because I didn't have no skill set. I was, like, blocking shots and running the floor and rebounding. Hey, shoot, you can do that at a high level these days. That gets you paid. Uh, <laughs> but I wanted to ask you, uh, going into um, that decision, making that decision from high school to college, the NBA hadn't yet implemented the 19-year-old uh, rule. You know, if, if the NBA didn't implement that rule, do you think you would have made the decision and taken that jump? I was, yeah. For sure, I was, I was. Uh, I never, I, I never forget the day it actually happened. We was at, we was at NBA camp in Richmond, and uh, in my mind, that people was, you know, Georgetown, 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 you know, and uh, honestly, you know, I wasn't really a big fan of the, you know, the whole going to school for that long and all that. So, I didn't tell them about it, but I just wanted to make the jump and see how I went. You know what I mean? And um, at the time, me and KD got close, and a few other guys. And they made that rule when we was at, at, at uh, NBA camp. And that I didn't show it then, but that, like, broke my heart. I was like, man, like, I got to go to school now. Even though I don't think I would have been ready, I just was mentally was not ready to go to college. Like, I was just trying to – and I was in a tough situation financially. I wanted to get some, you know what I mean, some funds right. and all that. So I was kind of thinking ahead, ahead. But when that rule happened, it kind of – it broke me. Like, it really did break me, you know. So I would have made the jump. I wouldn't have went to school, honestly. 
it's it's funny like in no other profession i would say would somebody question a person that had an opportunity to go straight into making money even if they weren't necessarily ready yet because you know there's still you can still go through a training period it's only when it comes to professional sports where people are like oh no the kid needs to do this and they need to do that like if you can make life changing money for your family right now like you know you can go back and pay for the education and you can but you can set and, and, and put a lot of things in place with that. So um, you decided to go to Georgetown. Uh, what you, you were just mentioning that you, you felt as though the, the voices were pushing you towards that direction. What was the recruiting process like? What, what ultimately came into making that decision to, that got you going into Georgetown uh, 06 to 08? Uh, honestly, you know, without, without you know, pinpoint any any names or anything but I didn't really have I didn't have a I didn't I would say I didn't have a fair chance of actually weighing my options honestly I like Florida was one of the schools I wanted to go to UNC was who I wanted to go to uh and Ohio State was on my list that I wanted to go to but I never took a visit to any one of those schools you know what I mean it was just um AI went to Georgetown he from 757 he played for Boo Williams uh, Alonzo and for me it was just like I was almost said what I was told you know oh man you know Georgetown produced good big man that granted I learned a lot from Georgetown when I got there but uh it wasn't a situation where I took my business and I, I made a choice I went to Georgetown to visit and that was it like you know what I mean it was committed to Georgetown so uh, you know and I went in there so and I didn't have any at the time, you know, um, like I didn't have, you know, my, my parents, you know, was, you know, in different situations. Uh, I didn't have any guidance as far as yeah. information on colleges, you know what I mean? Uh, at the time, you know, and I, and I honestly believe, you know, um, my best friend's mother, she, you know, didn't want to force anything. So she let me handle it as well. You know what I mean? And uh, when I went to Harvard, my, my, my coach was just like, you know, I don't know if Georgetown is the place for you. You play different, but, at the time, as I said, I wasn't watching basketball. So I didn't know Georgetown had Princeton offense. I wasn't watching them. I just was, mm. okay, I'm gonna go to Georgetown. My game would transfer to whatever it is. That's how basketball worked. Until someone start, I had a guy tell me in a, in a grocery store one night, like, yo, Mac, I've been watching you since your freshman year of high school. Like, Princeton, that's what he said. I was like, nah, I'm going to Georgetown. He's like, no, nah, that's the Princeton offense. I'm like, what's that? So my first time watching Georgetown wow. play, like nobody notices when, most states, we was at Harvard together. And me and Mo used to make jokes back and forth. And uh, they played them in the Final Four, Georgetown of Florida. And when I watched Georgetown play, I was like, why are they walking the ball to Florida? And that, it, it blew me. Like, at that point, I was like, oh, man, like, I run. And I was already committed and signed. So that's that, that, that's how it was. I went there just like that. How, how was your adjustment? I mean, I can only imagine at that time, you still have the optimism of like, okay, I can fit and mold my game to still find a way to to make it work. You know, I'm, I'm here just a temporary stop because I kind of have to be, you know, what was that that transition like when you first got there to Georgetown? Um, it, it was it was tough. It, the guys like um, DeWan Summers helped me, uh, Jeff Green, Roy Hibbert, those guys was able to like, you know, uh, Patrick Ewing Jr., those guys was able to like help me like mentally uh, explain things to me. Cause you know, those guys was actually like 
watching the game, playing the game, knew what they was getting into. But I was just a kid who just played. I didn't watch it. So for me, the adjustment was extremely tough, man. Like I would get the rebound pass and just run and everybody else is like walking it up. I'm like, you know what I mean? So for me, I couldn't, I really couldn't get a grasp on it. Like I didn't at all. Like I didn't understand it. I started picking the offense up, but I didn't understand within that, after the offense, I didn't understand any of that stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, that that kind of offense is just so outdated in the sense of, since we have so much better understanding of basketball now, it, it comes down to putting pressure on the defense. It's all about putting pressure on the defense, all about making them have to uh, rotate and creating some type of disadvantage. And if you ain't, you're not, Put, if you're not putting conditioning into into the game, especially when it comes down to the last five or six minutes of pushing the ball up and down the court, uh, I mean you're gonna you're gonna be facing the team like the score is gonna be low, but both teams are gonna be fresh. Uh, both teams pretty much are gonna be fresh, and and that's what I, I did enjoy about uh you know playing with Coach D that he he always had us going up and down, but a lot of people uh, were probably. Ex- uh, surprised by your decision of wanting to transfer after after two years, um, you just probably you just knew at that time that it wasn't the right fit for you. Instead of trying to force a a, a square peg into a circle, that it was time for you to f- go into a to a program that fits you and suited your your style of play. So, what came in, into the decision of wanting to go to UF of uh, the other options you had? Um, Mo, you know, me and Mo got to spin our, Mo Space got to spin our senior year together at Hargrave. And um, I just saw the difference in his body. I saw the difference in his mentality, uh, the difference in his game. He always had the game, you know what I mean? The soft touch and all that. And uh, when I started watching him, I wanted to transfer out to my freshman year, like to go there right away. But uh, at the time, I just was like, you know, I'm going to see if I can stick this out. Uh, I made some good friends at Georgetown. I feel like things was going to change. Jeff Green got drafted. I felt like I would have had a chance to get in and play. Um, but from there and then Coach D, when I had literally opened up to say I was going to transfer, Coach D came. We met and uh, I think it was somewhere in D.C., like uh, in a hotel or something like him, Coach Hewitt from I think he was at Clemson. I forgot his name. So we, we had met and I also Memphis was on my list. But when Coach D came down, and we talked, it was just, we spoke when I was in high school and he was just, his was just so real. Like, you know, you get out here, you're going to work hard, you're going to play and you're going to determine what happened. You know what I mean? And the way he came to me, it was just too real. And I haven't had that. And no disrespect to anyone at Georgetown, but my coaching experience there wasn't not like, it wasn't real as Coach Donovan, you know, like Coach D was just letting me know everything. It wasn't no sugarcoating. And the way he came to me, I was like, all right, and from Mo, and then I went on a visit to Florida and me and Chandler hit it off and it was like, all right, like, uh, this is the place where I want to be at for sure, you know. And I wanted to go there out of high school, honestly. Well, we, you know, Gator fans, the ones that are listening, definitely appreciate it uh, seeing the big 3-2, three, 3-2 two, three, two in Gainesville, seeing you do your thing down there. Uh, so you come into that transfer year, that transfer portal. Um, you decide to go to the UF. Um, what was your mentality going into because your your mentality changes because you're you're doing everything that the basketball team is doing you're preparing for games you're you're practicing you're doing the classwork the weight training but you're not playing you know what was your mindset going into that year of sitting out of how you're going to approach it and prepare um I just wanted to do things the right way I felt like um at Georgetown when things didn't go right with basketball 
I started taking it, I started letting it take a part of who I was, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I was getting in a little small trouble on campus, um, you know, doing things I wasn't supposed to do, you know, because I was just so disappointed in what I was putting out in basketball and what was not happening in basketball. So with that being said, when I got to Florida and I knew I couldn't play, I had to practice, work hard, it was still tough for me. But Coach D, you know, I used to go in there and meet with him and talk in his office. And he was like, you know, Vern, like, you're like emotional roller coaster right now, you know, because and that's how I was like some days I was up, some days I was down, but the times I was down, I was really down, you know, and then I couldn't, you know, I couldn't go out there and play to help pick myself up. So I would always stay down when the team was about to leave and I, I had to stay there and work out. But I just took it as a time to get better. You know what I mean? That's what I wanted to do. Like I felt like uh, I learned to jump hook at Georgetown. So when I got to Florida, I was like, oh, I'm gonna sit out here. I'm gonna just literally come in here medicine ball and just getting a whole bunch of jump and just get stronger at what I'm doing and that that's this thing that helped me stay sane and playing against and practicing against guys and uh just staying mentally ready for that season to come back so I can actually play so I wanted to be prepared to play on the court from my game and also in the classroom so that's why I picked up at on that whole sit out year I matured a lot is there any any advice that now you would give yourself uh before transferring or like maybe in that transfer year you would tell yourself uh like looking back now what you would one line of advice you would give yourself um or however many I would, lines i was probably just living the moment i didn't do a good job of living in the moment i was just so like i want to get out of it because i was you know, financially, I, w- I wanted to help my family. You know, I wanted to get. Yeah. So I was always like, man, I got what I got to do to get out of here. What I got to do to get out of here, as opposed to just like living in the moment right then and there and taking advantage of that the right way. You know, so I would say living in the moment would probably be the best thing I would I would have did better. Do you think that that pressure of, uh, I mean, of course you you see the opportunity and you want to take care of your family, uh, but does that kind of uh, not say it's not because it's not a burden it's a privilege it's an opportunity to be able to do that but does it take away from you you know just being a kid because you're still you know 19 20 21 years old and still in college having the experience of, of your lifetime because you you know we look back we'll never basketball once we left college basketball is not the same mm-hmm. uh, so would you say like yeah that pre- that it took away from you you know still being a kid and, and enjoying the moment uh, I, I think I, I can, I think I let it take away from me. Like I know guys who didn't, you know what I mean? It was like, all right, I'm going to get there when I get there. But everybody's situation was different, but I also know right. guys who was in bad situations as well. And they still lived in the moment. So I, I would say me having the expectations of going out of high school that didn't work. And then going to a college that didn't work now going to another college. So I was just like, man, I th- I'm thinking like, the hourglass is just getting, you know, smaller and smaller for me. Like it's time for me to do something. So I let it get even worse than what it was all in my head for real. For real. The money wasn't going anywhere. You know, my family yeah. wasn't getting worse, worse, worse. You know, it was just right. me just pressuring myself. Like I would, I did, I would did things differently with that. Uh, okay. Case so Vern, let's, let's transition a little bit. Let's, uh, do you remember, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll ask you first, what's one of your favorite memories as a Gator? Or something that just stands out to you? Um, <laughs> I so many, man. But uh, I would say, I would say for my for my senior year, man. Like um, my senior year, even though we lost in the Elite Eight, we had a great year. Uh, we won the SEC that year, and then just from honestly, like guys like you, Scotty, 
just watching you guys, you know what I mean? How you guys came in. And I was once told at Georgetown that I could never be a leader. I could never be a captain because of the person I was. But when you, Scotty, how you guys came in there and you guys looked up to me and you guys was like taking my word and understanding where I was coming from and, and I started seeing you guys. So I would say that part for me was like, all right, cool, man. These guys made me seem like I was a bad guy, but now I got some younger guys coming in and I, I helped them out. And then I started seeing the greatness that you guys put on the floor. So I would say literally that last game for me and also watching how you guys grew. So it was a lot of them, you know what I mean? Because I, I feel like, I, the words and the things I did help guys like, you know what I mean? You and Scotty from me being in college with you guys. So I would say uh, it's, it's a few. I missed too many to put my finger on. I enjoyed it all. Yeah. I mean, you hit it around the head. I think, uh, you know, looking back at my freshman year, you know, Scotty, Will, Casey, and I, and, and Cody, we we were so thankful that you took the, the initiative to, like, being in our lives uh, like whenever we go on road trips or when we're in the tournament, you would, you would like intentionally hang out with us and like clown with, I mean, even if you was picking on us, it was still, it was still great. I mean, just, uh, I mean, I told you earlier, you helped me to, uh, develop my hook shot and develop my game and just start to, to learn the game. Cause you know, me coming into Florida, I was very similar situation, you know, top rated recruit, uh, unfair comparisons to another, uh, NBA player, it's like, you know, I'm just a kid. Like, I mean, I can run, I can jump, I can block shots, I can do all that, but my skill work wasn't there. And, um, you know, I remember, I just remember coming into practice and I had no, I had no work in the post. <laughs> I was yeah, trying dad, to- Yeah, you could be out there like, man, get him a hook shot. <laughs> <laughs> man, I was trying to, to, to pump fake and pivot like I, I remember like the first position I ever had, I pumped, I pumped fake and pivoted you like six times and, and like you didn't move one time. And it's like, yo, like, what are you, like, what are you doing? You got to learn to just trust your, trust your, your shot and just do something like, and then I remember just slowly developing, starting to be able to practice and compete and, and seeing where I fit in, fit in with practice. Uh, but I would say some of my favorite memories that we had has to be the, the, uh, the charge drill. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> the charge drill gotta be one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember my fate my the day because I told we I had Will on the show and we talked about it. It was one day because I was like, uh for the people that don't understand the charge drill, there's one man uh standing in the middle. Uh, and he's the one that's taking the charge. He's right, the, the little arc in the free throw, in the in the paint. Uh, he's standing around there. There's a guy on the block, the other block, and one at the free throw line. And this man's job is to take a charge from all three defend from all three offenders or whatever you should say. And after doing this a few times, I kind of started feeling bad because I was hitting guys too hard. <laughs> bro, I was too old for that, bro. <laughs> and one day, uh, I was trying to hide. And Coach Donovan was like, Big Pat, where you at? <laughs> so uh, I had to get in the middle. It was, I think, Alex, Vernon, and Chandler were on the outside. And I got killed. <laughs> Vern, just dropped the, Vern just dropped the ball <laughs> and ran through me. <laughs> Great way to start practice. Great way to start practice. Oh. Or you, <laughs> 
I remember that joint, boy. What? So uh, going into your junior year, or I should say your first year with uh, with the Gators, do you remember your moment where you finally got to put that jersey on again and playing the Odom? Just finally, you know, year of preparation and tra- transferring and just so much uh, emotional roller coaster, like you said. And finally, just like, ah, I'm here. It's my time. Uh, yeah, my coach, that Robin Near, coach of Near had to help me out. My first game was horrible. I was just so super excited. I, when they called my name, I hopped off the bench yelling and screaming. And I think I scored like five points. I was just super nervous. I was, <laughs> it was, it was all that. But I had to, when I got down to it and realized, all right, like I'm here, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm actually playing now. Uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was South Alabama. It was, it was somebody. I don't remember. And I, and I kind of started getting into myself then. But, um, you know, it's, it, it was a lot that goes on to, you know, actually putting on the jersey and representing, you know, Florida Gators, you know, and playing for Coach Donovan, just in general playing for the Roddy Raptors. It was a lot, you know, it was great things. But I, I was just getting into it, you know what I mean? So when I actually got settled and, and understood, like, it was a privilege and not something I'm like, got a stress to do, you know, because I was ready to play. I think it was smooth. So I can't remember the exact game, but when when, th- when when that worked, I was just in love. I was loving it, man. Like, my teammates showed great love for me. Coach D had always had my back and the managers and everybody and fans. So it, it, it was great, man, when I was able to play my junior year. You have, do you remember any uh, one of your favorite games that you played or favorite moment? I mean, yeah, going – it's funny. I watched that game of us playing uh, BYU. Uh, I don't know where I was, where I was at, but I decided just to watch the highlight and just the whole, I watched the whole game and it was just crazy, man. That was such a special year. Uh, and man, we should, we should have had Butler, but you know, the better team, you know, they took, they, 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 the better team came out on top that day. But yeah, is there any other specific game you remember? Uh, yeah, I got it. It, my, my, my game, now everything, everything else, that happened was great, but my biggest game for me that felt like was uh, amazing. We played uh, American, American. I think it was American. Oh yeah, I remember. That. I remember that game. Yep. My assistant coach from Georgetown was now the head coach of there, Coach Burton, and he was the coach at Georgetown that basically sat with me and told me that. It's better for me to just get a degree from Georgetown, even in basketball. A bunch of things that I kind of didn't want to hear at the time. And uh, when I transferred and when he was the coach, I didn't know that. You know, I started finding out he was the coach of American. And then once he came out for warm-ups and I was warming up and we actually had a conversation, like every bone in my body was like, I don't want to miss a shot. Like, I'm going to play as hard as I can. And I told Coach Don, like, Coach D, like, this game means a lot to me. Like, and he said, you know what I mean, to the team. And we came out and he kept, you know, feeding me the ball in the post. And I, you know, was scoring and scoring and scoring. So, for me, it, it was – that was the selfish point that I had because I felt like everything this coach told me at Georgetown, like, I want to show him, like, differently. Like, and I got a coach that believes in me, teammates. Well, they my teammates at Georgetown believe me well, but I got a coach that believed in me. And I want to go out there and show because this coach was the head assistant coach at Georgetown. So that game for me was like everything. I think I missed like one shot and I had 20. I, I just wanted to, to score every single time against this dude. And I looked over him like every time. Like I couldn't, I did not like the things he had to say about me when I left. So that game was probably like the one for me, honestly. With uh you have two boys, correct? Yes. Are they are they hopefully gonna be gators one day? Gotta be gators. <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta be gators. No, no Florida State, no my gators. They all gotta what, be gators. Have you been able to keep up with the current state of the program and have you gotten a chance to, to meet Coach White uh yet? Yes. Yes, I went down there uh those last year and uh one more year after after that, I believe, um, and checked them out. I live like an hour and forty-five, but for me being overseas for long so long, when I come back home, I just shut it down. But I'm gonna start going there a little bit more. But yeah, I, I've had a chance. We actually sat and met and talked on everything when uh when Doe was there, more and more conversations. So Vern, you left Florida after uh, winning the SEC and going to the Elite Eight, um, the 2010 and 11 season. You get drafted 52nd overall to the Pistons. You know what? What did that moment feel like with with everything that had happened before that, from from high school to the transferring to Georgetown and Florida? What did that moment feel like? Finally, you know, getting your name called. It was. I want to say this the right way, not the wrong way. It was a gift but it was like for me it was like I once again didn't live in the moment I felt like oh man I'm here finally and that was the wrong thing for me to do I should have just been like all right now it's time for me to put the work in but I felt like man I done been through all of that and right. now I got my name called you know and then it just so happened I get dropped into the NBA lockout but it, it was it was a blessing for for me, for my family, um, for the body of work I put in. Um, but once again, I still think I, I could have done things differently um, to to stick and stay in the league. But just the whole thought of getting there when guys told me, when coaches or when I thought that I wasn't going to get there and I was able to get drafted and get my degree at the same time, you know, things like that. So that, that, that was just, it, it was a blessing, man. I, I would say it's a blessing. Did, did you feel as though when you when you got there that it was just like starting over again, in a sense? Yeah, I didn't. That's how I was supposed to look at it, but I think I looked at it like I'm here. Like okay. instead of saying like, "All right, you here now," what I was looking at it like, "All right, man, I'm here." Like, what's the chance of me not being here no more? And then you know, right. I, that's how fast it happened. You know what I mean? So, if I did things differently in that point, I think things would have went differently, but. You know, what what was your your rookie year experience like? I know you had Ben Wallace was one of your uh, your veterans on the team at the time, which had I mean an awesome guy to to look up to. What what was it like being uh, you know a rookie under such a, a presence like as him? Oh uh, man, it was it was it was amazing. It was to the point where you know Ben was 37, 36, 37 at the time, and um, this guy would be. If not first, second guy at the gym, him and Damian Wilkins, you to get to the gym early. Like those are the, the older guys. And, um, you know, I, I'm still in the mindset of, all right, you know, practice started 12, you know, I get here at 11, you know, it's still an hour before, still cool. Like those guys was there dripping and sweat already worked out like an hour and a half before the time I got there. I got a lift in, get some little treatment in. Like it was, and Ben was one of those guys that he used to make little, you know, he was serious, but he'd make a little joke because, you know, he'd be like, hey, young fella, I don't want to keep beating you here. Like, you know what I mean? And that's how he was. Like, you know what I mean? He knew he wasn't going to play a lot of minutes, but for him, like his whole regiment of the league, that's how he's been. You know, he'd get in there, he'd get his weights in. Even though he's not a shooter, he up there getting out shots, he working out. Like, you know, he was a guy who I was like, man, this guy really is a professional. You know what I mean? Like, this is how you're supposed to do it. So that was, that was great with that. How did that... You know, watching him, how did that 
or just the other guys that you're around help you get a new perspective on how you need to carry yourself, you know, moving forward for the rest of your professional career? Um, honestly, until, man, like I was still mentally, like I was still had a lot of stuff I was thinking about as opposed to, like I said, living in the moment. So now that's something I've been doing overseas for the last few years of my career, you know, like, um, getting there early, working out. But when I, even when I was there and I was watching these guys do it, I'm like, man, like what y'all doing? Why y'all getting here so early? Like, you know what I mean? So for me, I still wasn't living in that moment. Like I still was like, yo, these guys is here two hours before, staying an hour after. I'm trying to get back to my nice spot. So that, that's the thing. That's the thing that was kind of, uh, that was my, that was my other problem as well. But if I would have, if I think I believe if I'd done that, then I would have stayed, but that, that was what it was. But for my overseas career, that's been a reason why I've been able to, you know, sustain nice jobs, uh, play well, take care of my body, because at that time I wasn't doing that, but I was watching these guys do it. Treatment when they don't have to, uh, working out when they don't have to. So now that's something I do. You know what I mean? I've been doing this the last almost eight, nine years, man. Like, you know, since that time. A lot of people that haven't seen you physically in a while uh, might not recognize that you've gotten so much slimmer. You know, what, what are you weighing? You know, what you weighed around 245, 250 in college. You know, what are you weighing right now? Um, two, like 225, 230. How? <laughs> I had, I had, uh, for me, I was like, once again, I was my 245, like, I had I even got in Japan. I was up to two seventy. I got bad. It was bad weight. You know what I mean. So I wasn't jumping how I was supposed to jump. Uh, as I started getting older, so when I came home and this whole pandemic happened, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna get more leaner. I'm gonna eat right. Uh, I started my conditioning. I, I work out. Uh, I like to run. We get some miles in. So that started when I started doing that. I started feeling better and I started moving better and moving lighter. So that's why I decided to share some few pounds. But like now I'm starting to put the weight back on now, you know, from actually, you know, uh, lifting more and, and being during season, but I got all the way down to 220, bro. Like, like Was that your goal to to get down that low, just to kind of see how you would feel? Uh, I, I I did it not, not knowing, like I just stepped on the scale, like, man, like 220, I didn't, I, I kind of scared me a little bit. So it wasn't really a goal. It was just like, I just want to be whatever it takes for me to be in shape and stop eating late at night, eating bad food, uh, snacks, you know what I mean? Drinking juices. So I just stuck to like water. I was drinking just water. It was like all water for months on end. You know what I mean? So that's what helped. What, what did you do to, to learn more about your health? And cause I, cause this kind of stuff is, I think college, they do a great job of facilitating and giving you all these things, but, the educational route and understanding and knowing like uh, what I need to do for my body and what foods uh, affect inflammation and when I need to eat. And, and like, what did you do to, to learn all that stuff? Um, I would say I did a little bit of like, just, just research. Um, some guys was going, doing the whole vegan. I didn't, I didn't go, you know, that far. Um, but like you said, inflammation, like it was certain things that just like, had my knee feeling like, you know what I mean? Like I'm putting so much pressure on my knee. So when I started looking into that, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I stayed off the sugar like that. You know what I mean? So when I started realizing I'm not eating all this sugar, I'm not doing all this 
late night eating or all this heavy meats, like it really started helping me, you know, and, and as honest as a joke, but I'm serious. Like my first time having a six pack was during the pandemic. Like, look, I never had, <laughs> you see me in college, like I never, you know, I used to joke about you, you had, you was cut all up like 300. But like my first time getting that was like during the pandemic, man. Like I was just like literally taking care of everything. And I realized because everything I was eating was just sitting in my stomach, you know what I mean? Obviously, and I could never get one, but I finally ended up getting, you know, from eating the right things and researching. Yeah, you know, I think I think ultimately everyone's path uh, is, is different and unique. And not, I don't think we're entitled to think anything in life is given. Uh, so, I mean, oh. It's, it's be all right, but uh, that we're not entitled to to anything. That it, you know, it's it's a blessing. It's a privilege to to get to play the game. Uh, you know, when did that shift for you from you know being so locked in and focused on the NBA, NBA, NBA is my only line of success? Because I think that you know I had that mindset of like you know because I didn't know much about ball overseas. I wasn't exposed to it. I didn't know how much people were making over there. When did you 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 shift from like all right, my priorities have changed because I got a family now, and I want to play, like you know I could easily keep pursuing the NBA and do go this route, but it's not guaranteed. It's tough, and that our basketball lives are short. You know it, we're fortunate if we can play to 35, 36, 37. Like that's a blessing. So when did that shift for you happen? Where you like you know I'm going to prioritize my happiness and making as much as I can and doing what I think is best for my family. You you might not remember this, but you probably do. We was in camp together in New Orleans. Remember when we was yeah. in New Orleans, I was in camp, and I had, I don't know if you remember, I had to get my knee drained. When I was in there, I had to get my knee, I got my knee drained literally uh, the day before we went to Jacksonville and played in Jacksonville. I don't, I don't know if you remember all that, so. I don't remember the you getting your knee drained, but I remember Jacksonville. Yeah, I had got my because uh, at the time I, I I get back from um, overseas and my agent was telling me, you know, I think you might have another shot at the NBA, man. You can go to Camp New Orleans, and you know, I was like, all right, cool. When I got into Camp New Orleans, I seen like, you know, all the bigs in there, and I was like, I don't really think I got a, you know, a it was like seven bigs. We had seven yeah. bigs. <laughs> like, <laughs> then they came in like after the. Uh, after the, uh, not what it had, the uh, Olympics that year or something like that. AD came yeah. a little bit later, I think. So, and then when I had got my knee drain, I was sitting on that table with the trainer and uh, Dale Dips, I think was the GM, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, correct. And I, I had a, I had an offer in the Middle East at the time. This was my first time going to, I had an offer in the Middle East. And uh, it wasn't like the offer I wanted, but at the time I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to just, mentally lock in because I was going overseas but I still was thinking like it, it, every summer I came back and I tried summer league like up until that last step I was like you know what I've been in training camp I was in New Orleans from like I think early September um or something like that it was training camp I had got there or something like that mm -hmm. and uh we was training running the hills doing, I was doing the extra stuff you know and I felt like I had a shot until I seen what was going on so after that and I had got my knee drain and my son was at the crib I had my second son I got nervous and I was like you know what it's time for me to just lock in, just take this route and not even thinking about coming back for training camps, not thinking about coming back for summer leagues, just lock in. And, and that's what I did, man, from that point. And it just kind of it helped me. Mentally, it helped me because I was down. Like I was thinking I was going to get back in the league, but I wasn't supposed to keep thinking that way. You know what I mean? So I would say that turning point. So what what are you currently, well, you're in South Korea right now. 
you know, how, how is the situation? You've been there for about uh, three or four weeks now, some, something around there. How, how has that been just adjusting? Uh, is this, your, this isn't your first time playing there, is it? My third. Third year. So how, how, do, how do you like the league so far? Is this the, the new team? Uh, we, I'm a, I'm a, the team, I, um, I love the team, man. The coach is a, is a really good coach. Um, he's very understanding. I knew about this team for, obviously, the first two years I played in the KBL. And um, so right now, he's literally, like, slowly putting me into things. I maybe play five minutes this game. And uh, it's, a, it's a guy named Sean Long who's the big in front of, that, that starts and plays extremely well. And uh, so right now, we're in third place. When I got here, I think there was in like sixth or seventh place. So we've been going up. Um, so it's I love Korea. My family loves it here. They're very family orientated. Um, it's one of the very few places I've played where it's like they just, you know, have you focus on basketball. As far as your meals, they take care of all of your meals. Um, it's pretty cool, man. Like the training is a little bit tough in the, in the preseason, but I was I skipped this preseason because I, I, I didn't get a deal until they signed me midway through. But I was here last year with a team called LG and two years before that with a team called Orion. So I've been out here. This is my third season being out here. That had to be love, just uh, them taking care of your food <laughs> too, man. Yeah. Food, food is huge when you're overseas. Definitely. I got, I got two more questions for you, Vern, before I let you go. Uh, so what are you currently working on these days outside of basketball? Uh, in general, business or in general? In, like, in general, everything. Everything you want to tell the peeps. Uh, right now, first, I would say, um, like, my my mental, you know what I mean? Like, that's the first thing. Like, I would say um, being, a, being a, a father, being a family man, um, playing this game, uh, a lot of things I've went through in my, my life, my past, uh, as my childhood, it, it weighed a lot on my mental, you know, mental state, you know, whether it's anxiety that I've been dealing with at times, you know what I mean? So stuff like that, I would say that's, that's been first and foremost, my family and then figuring out ways to be a better person, a better man of God, better father. Um, basketball, I know is it's, it's, it's obviously something we do, but it's not who I am. So yeah. that part, I've, I've still been, you know, obviously balancing and being a, a basketball player and uh, just business, you know. So my thing is first my family and then my, you know, my mental. And that, that, that's the thing that I've been working on and trying to get better at each and every day because that's what really matters, you know what I mean, obviously. So that I would say family, mental state, and uh, just being a better person, man. That's, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, the 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 maturity and the Vernon that I knew when back in college to who you are now is just uh is all I mean I, I mean I loved you I loved you then but I still love you now and just it's just awesome seeing you evolve uh and 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 say that that because we know what we know that we were made for more than just being hoopers and being um entertainers that we're you know gonna be I mean you are a father but to be fathers to be ones that mold mold and pave the way uh for other black men to become more that you know being athletes isn't isn't the only path for everybody and uh we can show them that just being a, a good decent human being is a is a great start um but uh, the last question i wanted to ask you so Vern, you got two sons what what is the key you know through everything that you've you've experienced you know what is the key advice that you would want to tell your sons you know right now or not right now because they're young I guess 
you know, before as they're starting their basketball journey or, you know, right before they're going off to college, through your, through your experiences, what would you uh, leave them with to keep, uh, not only through basketball, but for the rest of their lives? Just uh, believe, ultimately, like, believing in yourself. First, believing in God, which they do, you know, and they will. Uh, but believing in yourself. I think I, I, I had years so many years of not believing in myself, man. I think that was that was a, a bad part for me. Like it was a bad thing on me. Um, so just believing in yourself, even if it's not about basketball, if it's daily routines, if it's just life, like whatever it is, like it's it's people don't understand. Like not believing in yourself and having like having self doubt or all that stuff leads down the wrong path. It can lead to depression. It can lead to anxiety. It can lead to a lot of things because you always like second guessing yourself when you're not believing what you should be believing. So I, my thing, that's what I always tell them, man, you know, uh, you know, being leaders and just believing in yourself. Like that's, that's ultimately what you got to do, man. You, you don't want to go on that path of not of always second guessing everything you do, because it's going to be a bad feeling for you. I went through years of that. So believing in yourself is huge. Yeah. I think, I think for me, the same thing that I was just struggle with that, that confidence and the expectations I felt like my the expectations of my confidence didn't line up at the same time. So when I uh, wasn't able to meet those those expectations that I that everyone was filling my head with, you know, they just led to so much frustration on my part, and you know, I didn't know how to articulate that to anybody, like what's going on. So for me, yeah, believing in myself, and then also just like knowing I got real people around me that I can say like, hey man, like like having someone like Coach Donovan, his door was always open. Or, or my, you know, great teammates where I could be like, hey guys, I'm struggling with this, or just like, you know, help me see what I'm not seeing, so I can, whatever it may be, just to pick me up, uh, to get back on, on track and who I believe that I was made to be. Uh, but anyways, Vern, man, it's been a blessing to have you all the way from South Korea. Uh, it's it's almost uh, it's 11:11 for you right now, PM. You're probably about to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> we off tomorrow, so I might just vibe, watch a little TV or something. Watch some, watch some Martin or something like that, right? You know it. Laughing and saying joke. Well, man, we uh, can't wait for you to get back to Florida. Continue doing what you're doing out there. Get the job done. Get back home safely and uh, have fun. Yes, sir. Thanks, bro. I definitely appreciate you having me on, my brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. And that was the episode with my brother Vernon Macklin. So many awesome insights of growth, of evolving, of becoming a man, of figuring out life and being on his own journey. So thankful that he uh, took the time to share with us all the way from South Korea. Vernon, we love you. We're thankful for you. Go Gator Nation. Everyone, please share, subscribe to uh, the Field of 68 Media Network, as well as this podcast, wherever you're listening to, wherever you can find it. And to all the rest of the world and Gator Nation, stay rowdy.